You've just entered the baddest biker bar in the investment world. This is the Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone on Money Life, where we talk with the experts from New Constructs, where they evaluate securities on a scale of most attractive to most dangerous. They do this by bringing together discounted cash flow analysis and forensic accounting. That means they dig in at the footnotes level and they work their way up, which is pretty much unlike everyone else in the investment world. And more importantly, all those folks who are doing it from the top down, well, they sometimes don't recognize that beauty can be skin deep. When the guys at New Constructs find something that is misleading, well, if it works against you, that makes it dangerous. By the way, if it works for you, like everybody thinks something is bad, but they think it's good, then that's going to make something attractive. If you want to learn more about how it works, go to newconstructs.com. And their president and founder, David Trainer, he joins me now. David, great to have you back on Money Life. It is great to be back, Chuck. Thank you. Who's in the danger zone this week? Lyft. Danger, danger. Lyft. It is, of course, an eponymous ticker. It's L-Y-F-T. And why is Lyft headed for trouble now? You know, this is a this is a broken business, Chuck. We don't know how it survives. Uh, the only reason it's not a zombie stock is that it's got a bunch of cash, so it can like stick around for a while. Look, I knew one of the bankers who underwrote the IPO. He's an old friend. We had a long talk uh, one summer about you know this business, and I was sort of questioning whether or not the IPO should happen at all. And I asked my friend, "Hey, so." What, you know, can you tell me what competitive advantage this business has that leads you to believe it's worthwhile? And we started talking about what would make it profitable. He didn't care about that. And eventually just like, so what competitive advantage does it have, if any? His only answer, the best he could come up with is that they can raise more money than other people. I'm like, you mean so they can burn more money? And he just didn't have an answer. And I'm like, gosh, man, like. I didn't say the next thing, which is like, you know, how do you feel about your job? <laughs> like just throwing all this money after a bad business, you know, you're telling people they should buy it. So to me, it's very troubling, Chuck, you know, with all these danger zone stocks that so many investors have been sold a bill of goods on something that's, you know, has a big chance of, of going to zero or, or, you know, maybe if they're lucky, just, just losing a lot of value. Because this business, despite the misleading adjusted EBITDA and non-GAAP metrics, this business has been nothing but terribly unprofitable. And the valuation implies ridiculous improvements in profitability. Let's also talk for a second here because we can. With Lyft, you have one very obvious competitor. That, of course, is Uber. Now, Uber has had a hell of a year. You know, Uber back near the end of February was trading at 30 bucks and now it's closer to 45. So it's up about 50% since the beginning of February, roughly, give or take ballpark numbers. Lyft, on the other hand, was trading in the high 16s and is now closer to 11. It has been almost cut in half. I realize, you know, we're talking different drivers, different cars, same model, roughly. Is there a reason why they seem to be heading to different destinations? Is there something going on that makes Lyft suck more this year, particularly in light of how well Uber has done? No, Uber's just had more hype. I mean, it's just it's just hype. Like they're talking about how they, well, and the, the hype around being profitable on a gap basis, right? That's better than Lyft. And so I think that helps, but it's it's all just hype. The business the business is is still free cash flow negative Uber and Lyft uh, and whatever numbers they're using to sort of make you believe that the business is profitable are not reliable. I mean, for me like like the quintessential like 
unbelievably bad corporate governance that Uber eventually admitted to was that their primary profitability metric for so many years was adjusted EBITDA. And then in 2022, when interest rates went up and people started to care about profitability, they changed that metric because, or they got rid of that metric. I don't know if they replaced it with anything, but they got rid of that metric. And the CEO said, yeah, we have to get rid of it because it doesn't really actually represent real profitability. And I'm like, duh, what have we been telling you on the danger zone for the last 15 years, right? So yeah, that just gives you, I think, a a preview or, or, or some insight into the mindset of the people that are running these businesses. Profitability has most of their life never really even been a goal. And if they don't make a profit, shareholders are left with a zero. Well, let's talk about what shareholders are getting right now. How out of whack is the valuation in the, you know, with Lyft in the roughly $12 range? So 12 bucks implies that they're going to go from a wildly negative profit margin to a positive profit margin within the next couple of years, while also growing revenue at 30% compounded annually for a decade. That would put them at a revenue level that if we use their current take rate or the percentage the company gets as revenue for every dollar a rider spends, that would imply that their global ride-sharing market share would be 70% or more than three times their current 20%. We think that's pretty ridiculous. Those margins are, are, are pretty probably pretty high for what this company could achieve. That's a, a positive 2% margin is what we're giving them credit for long-term, which is about the same as the airlines prior to con- consolidation. And you said this could be a zombie stock if it hadn't gotten more cash, but a zombie stock implies that you believe the stock price could and maybe should be zero. Well, I think the answer is like this probably should be zero. It's just that it could take a longer time to play out. We, we know on the zombie stock side, you know, we kind of like to, you know, have a sense of urgency because, you know, the stocks that only have two or three months of runway, right? are a lot more likely to be, you know, seeing some issues than stocks like, you know, Lucid and Lyft, where they just got a ton of cash. They can just burn for a long time. And is there a likely catalyst for this one? And also, is there a potential buyer? Is there any stupid money risk here? Yeah, I don't really think so, because I think that these businesses, you know, I've seen different sort of ride-sharing businesses pop up with different names in different towns. You know, Austin had their own. And so uh, other towns have their own. Taxis are still around. You know, the taxis are getting smarter now. Like you can do the app on the taxi. I noticed in New York City, they got an app just like an Uber or whatever. Uh, And so I just think it's never really been a very profitable business. That's why the bus services uh, or public utilities for the most part, like they're just not really supposed to be profitable. And so I, I just don't really ever, I don't, you know, stupid money risk. The word stupid, you always have to realize trying to place rational expectations on anything stupid is probably a stupid idea. <laughs> so you never know, but I don't really, it's hard for me to come up with a reasonable scenario where someone would want to buy this business. Yeah. And I'll point out the Curb app, that's the the primary taxi app in New York City, not necessarily everywhere, I believe is actually owned by Uber. So you actually even have a business that they could have gone into that they can't really get into at this point. And it's just one more reason why Lyft, L-Y-F-T, in the danger zone, back in the danger zone, the danger zone pick from David Trainer. David, great stuff as always. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Chuck. Great to be with you. 
David Trainer is founder and president at New Constructs. It's newconstructs.com and on Twitter at New Constructs. And David's on Twitter too. He is at the real DTrain37. Up next on Money Life, Edward Yardeni from Yardeni Research, one of the most veteran and most accurate market observers. He'll be here for the big interview when we come back in just a moment. 